Oh, what an absolutely awesome worship time. We're, uh, Mary and I are just very grateful that we're doing this in our home because we get the presence of God. Now we, uh, we have the privilege of having Tony DeMayer share the word with us. And so let's just uh, pray for him. Lord, again, we thank you for your presence. Thank you for your anointing on Tony as he opens up the word. More than that, we thank you that it's your spirit who speaks to us. And so we open up our heart to hear from you. Thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's go, Tony. Well, I want to thank Russ and the leadership team for giving me the opportunity to speak to the church today. I've only got one thing to say to you, Russ. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Russ. Happy birthday to you. But seriously, um, let's start with a word of prayer as we go into this time today. Father, I want to thank you for the worship time that we've been able to experience. And uh, we thank you that we can enter into your presence. We thank you that you touch us in worship. And thank you that we have a chance to touch you. We are able to touch your heart and be at one with you in purpose. We thank you for rising from the dead. We just celebrated Easter and we're just so grateful that we can now celebrate a risen Jesus and you have a high priestly role now connecting us to the Father on a permanent basis and connecting the Father to us on a day-by-day basis. I thank you for that. We want to open our thoughts to you, Lord. Fill our hearts with wonder about you. Open up our minds and our convictions to your word. Guide us how to step out in faith, I pray, and live by faith and peace in this day and age. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to start by acknowledging a testimony that I read on Facebook from Julie Wells this week. And it's about my topic of praying for healing. And Julie, if you're there uh, watching this, I just want to thank you for sharing it. Because when you share a testimony, it just encourages other people. And this was a wonderful testimony. And for those who are not part of the Facebook group, I'm going to read what she said. Um, A couple of weeks ago, I was in Coles and I saw someone that lived up the road from me. She didn't look very happy. I asked if she was okay and she said, right at the moment, her husband was having an op. He has prostate cancer. I talked to her for a while, then hesitated for a bit and said, would you like me to pray for you? She said, yes. So I did. We were both standing in the aisle crying. I just wanted to hug her. So I said, imagine I am hugging you. She was so excited that I prayed for her. She said, no one ever does that anymore. She is not a Christian. Her name is Libby. Please pray for her salvation. Anyway, I've never done anything like that before. I'm so excited. Philippians 4.13, I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. And we just want to say what a wonderful thing you did. And in actual fact, if we could have more testimonies like this, I wouldn't even need to speak. We could just have testimonies of how people are praying for one another. But it's, um, it's just a wonderful thing. And we do pray, Libby, will you come to Christ? Well, Lord, we just pray for Libby right now, wherever she is, with her and her husband. I pray that the prayer that Julie prayed for her will be carried to the husband and that his op will go well that he'll receive not only medical attention, but he'll receive pastoral, spiritual care because of what's happened in Coles. And I thank you, Father, 
for touching Julie in this way and giving her a connection to this lady. And I thank you again through Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, the word of God gives us confidence to trust God for our health and for our healing and for other people. Again, I want to give another testimony that I read uh, through the Facebook, uh, Redemption Hills Facebook group about um, Scott, who is a friend of Mary's in California. There was a verse on there that was from the, uh, Scott's wife. And it said this in Psalm 27, 14. And it's actually out of the Passion Translation. Here's what I've learned through it all. Don't give up. Now, the background is that he had kidney failure, he was on a respirator, a ventilator, and uh, these things were very um, uh, worrying for the whole family and everybody that knows him. But things have turned around. And now the whole family and everybody that knows him and prays for him is um, celebrating. And this is the thoughts from his wife. Here's what I've learned through it all. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be entwined as one with the Lord. Be brave and courageous for, and never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting for he will never disappoint you. Do you know, um, this is someone taking a declaration on the word of God and standing on it like as if it was a ladder, taking their first step up on a ladder to take them up out of a situation and give them another view claiming the word of God. Now, I'm trusting the rung on this ladder is going to carry my weight. And when we take up the word of God like that, we actually start using it in a very specific and useful way. So I encourage, I'm encouraged by these verses because it encourages us to um, uh, put our trust in the character of God, his faithfulness that comes when he makes these promises. The word of God is objective. It's something that we can stand on. We can put our trust in. What a wonderful thing to have the word of God today. The second rung, if you like, on my ladder is the value of your testimony about being connected to God yourself. Having that personal relationship. I was recently thinking about John 15 verse 5, where it says, I am the vine you are the branches. He who abides in me, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. This is speaking about our relationship with Christ. We're connected to the Father through Jesus. And everything of the Father's fruitfulness that needs to reach us comes through Jesus. When I'm praying for someone, I'm actually taking the promise of God and my personal relationship and I'm offering it to that person so that they can trust that God is like the person we're praying. So in a sense, it's like me offering you my ladder. I'm offering you through my prayer an opportunity to stand the same way I am and trusting in God and his faithfulness. Here's my ladder or here's my prayer. Why don't you trust God like I've learned? And that's the opportunity we have when we start praying for someone. Uh, when I pray with someone... I'm offering them that letter. It's an offer of the belief in the promises of God for my life and the personal knowledge of the peace of God or the faithfulness of God. This might be, might be for the first time someone's been offered something of God when you offer to pray for them. 
especially if you're offering them promises and your personal testimony. I just wanted to show you a, a photo of some friends. Now, you're probably not going to see their faces specifically, but that's because I'd like to, in a way, protect their, uh, who they are. So a fair chance you won't know them because they live in Hobart. This is a family that have been friends of ours for about 28 years. It's a mother and her four, daughter, uh, four children. And during the night, just recently, Fiona, my wife, was uh, woken up with a burning uh, desire to pray for Tracy and the family. Uh, Fiona didn't know what it was about. She just started to pray. And um, it caused her to be concerned and compassionate towards her. And a couple of days later, she tried to connect in through Facebook. You know, the, the just amazing thing was, at the time Fiona was asked to pray, was the very time where the youngest son in this family was involved in a very serious motor accident. And uh, the distress, the, the phone calls that would have gone to the family at that time. And so God touched Fiona and said, it's time for you to pray for your friend. Wow. How good is that? So um, this is about listening to the impulses, the thoughts and inspirations that come from God because he's got a purpose in it and he wants us to use those impulses to reach to someone and be able to pray for them. Maybe she wasn't able to pray directly at person to person, but she still was achieving what God wanted her to do. Just like Julie's experiencing God puts us in situations where we can be used, it's a bit like uh, there's an opportunity for us to move not only uh, from uh, the small ladder, but to move to a much bigger kind of level of experience that God wants us to move up to. He has maybe some expectations. We're going to look at an example from the Bible of where the disciples were given the opportunity to pray and they were asked to live up at another level of faith, but they didn't quite make it. They had the relationship with Christ, but uh, they didn't bring the rulership of God over this particular situation. So let's look at uh, Matthew chapter 17. Now, Matthew chapter 17, the, the verses start at verse 14. And this follows the time where Jesus took the disciples up the mount to a time of transfiguration where he took off his earthly appearance and revealed his natural glory to Peter, James and John. Now that would have been an amazing experience. As they come down, they're met by a father who's distressed. And he says this, verse 14. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, 
Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting. We could not cast it out. Here's a few things that I think we can learn. The father of the, vo- the boy elevates the problem to Jesus. He's the specialist. He's the one with the higher level of life and discernment and skill. So um, Jesus at this time sees two particular issues. The first one is that the culture of the day was one of faithlessness and perversion of the kingdom. And the second one was that there was an entrenched demon living in this boy's life. And that was evidenced by the fact that not only did he have epilepsy, but that sickness was causing him to try and take his life. So uh, Jesus identifies what is probably the nub of the problem. He's got a demonic problem. This is not a mental health problem. This is a demonic one. And remember, demonic power always challenges the authority of God's power especially if God's people don't know how to use it and use God's authority. Uh, And that's what was happening when these uh, disciples were praying. So what we want to do is learn how to move past that point where we're not called faithless and um, unable to do the will of God. So here's what we learn. Jesus did the healing this way, this time, but differently other times. There's no pattern. There's no ritual. There's no words that you say by rote. There's no um, uh, mechanical sort of system that we follow every time. The way we do it is by understanding how to listen to the breath of the Holy Spirit, just like it did for Fiona, just like it did for Julie, and understand what's trying to be done at that moment. Then we can catch the mind of God on how to see that person healed. We need to get the process of healing from God. We get that from Jesus. The disciples needed to learn how to discern from both the natural circumstances they saw, but also the spiritual ones from heaven. Jesus the master. Jesus the specialist. Jesus the one. He. Let's think about who it was that addressed the demon at that point. The one who'd just come down from a mountain, whose glory was beyond all things. The creator of the universe who has power over the physical realm and can silence a storm. He's the one who can attach an ear, stop a lady from bleeding who's been bleeding a lot um, and is able to cure epilepsy and cure leprosy. He's the one that controls the right to live and die because he was able to take himself from death to life. He's the master of all things and he's always superior to every situation and every problem. That's why when the father said from the mountaintop, this is my son whom I love, listen to him. So something else we can learn from this patches too is when it's time to learn to pray and fast. Long-term medical problems and entrenched demonic problems need enduring prayer and fasting to help with the discernment. Prayer and fasting helps us focus Prayer and fasting helps us 
show the passion we have to see someone else set free. The reason I say that is, when you realise that someone's got a problem, your passion for prayer and for fasting will reveal how much you want to see that person get free. So I'd encourage you to think about when it's time to pray and to fast. Also, prayer and fasting helps me because it remedies my faithful, faithlessness and my twisted thinking about the kingdom and what may be the cause of my weakness at that point. So we need to elevate the level of discernment to someone more experienced in healing like this man did. Let me give you an example, not a good example, of something that I tried to do in this area. A husband rang me, his wife was having an absolute torrid time. She is a person that tends to live at both ends of a spectrum and she'd been committed to watching all kinds of videos about demonic possession and praying and she'd worked herself into this right state. And he called me and said, you've got to come and help my wife. In hindsight, I realised I did go and I did try praying over her and binding the devil, binding the strong man that was affecting her life. But I probably could have learnt one thing. I should have elevated it to someone else who had similar experience in this area or elevating it to someone who has much greater Experience. I went by myself, I probably should have taken someone else to help elevate the level of discernment that was needed in that particular situation. There are good people here at Redemption Hills to trust, to talk to. If you've got a significant thing you realise you're not breaking through in, then it's time to elevate it to someone who can help. Now, you've been praying, you've been asking for insight, you've been pray, uh, prayer and fasting, and you're still no breakthrough then it's time to go to another level yet again. And that's my biggest ladder. Um, and I'm going to share James 5, verse 13 to 18, as an example of what it means to take it just another level again. Verse 13 in James 5. If anyone among you is suffering, let him pray. If anyone cheerful... Let him sing psalms. If anyone among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. If we go back to verse 13, start by praying yourself. What is God saying to you? Sometimes it's easy to think, oh, I need to go and get someone, I need to get to someone. Now, why don't you start by just seeing if you can pray for understanding what is God saying to you? But then it says, if that doesn't work, then go and see the elders of the church and let them pray over him. Now, in the day of that this was written, they used oil for so many things. They used it in food. They used it in, um, if you were fasting, you rubbed your skin with it, you know, all kinds of maladies and things. And they used to anoint people with oil when they were sick. 
But in this case, this is not saying just anoint them. This is saying use the medicine of the day and do it in the name of Jesus. Don't make a distinction. Should I give them medicine or just should I just pray? Just anoint what the medical advice is in the name of Jesus to see that it has its power of God to, to do what it's meant to do and much more. And it says here, and the Lord will raise him up. You know, we can't heal anyone by ourselves from our powers. We don't control the fruit of Jesus' healing. What we do is we become faithful in praying. Um, Now, I find that really liberating because I don't build my self-esteem on the success of when I pray for someone. That fruit is in Jesus' hands. I actually just pray by faith. Yeah. I remember when we were praying for a friend of ours last year who was very, very sick, admitted to hospital, and uh, we really didn't know what to do. Uh, I sensed that it was time to, to walk around the hospital block and just in silent prayer, just keep asking for the favour of God on the hospital staff for breakthroughs and understanding, discernment by this, the medical staff in terms of what her condition was, um, that um, the hospital would be a great place of healing, that she'd be protected from those kinds of infections that sometimes people get. And it wasn't long before when I was doing that day by day, we had a little crowd going around. And what were we doing? We were just moving in faith. We were just asking God to do what he would do. Now, she did pass away. Does that mean that our prayers were wasted? No, I don't believe we were. We were actually obedient to what God asked us to do. And I believe we blessed that hospital and we have put such an anointing on it. Well, let's just say that Launceston is going very well in this current circumstance. And I think that the prayers and this continuous 24-hour prayer group that's trying to pray around over this city, it's having a a mighty effect. And so I'd encourage you to consider praying uh, for our uh, hospitals and uh, the, the staff and those of us from our church who are actually in there that they'll be protected and able to uh, minister uh, not only medical help but do things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Moving on just to the verse 16 to 18 and we're nearly finished. In, um, it's talking about a righteous person who's been set free from sin. They have great discernment in knowing God's will and can pray with power to do miracles. And Elijah was like that. Russ and Mary are like that. Lance and Christine are like that. Stephen Barber. Like, there's so many people in our church who have this level of discernment that has come from years of maturity and in trusting God and walking with him. And so I encourage you to um, bring anything that you have concerns with. Bring it to your life group. Bring it to your life group leader. Bring it to you um, to the leadership of the church. Uh, if you're not seeing any breakthrough, then bring it to them for their help. What can I say? It's time to elevate our needs in prayer to God at this moment. It's time maybe to speak to our neighbours, and we certainly have been trying to do that here. Uh, it's time to see their anxiety and maybe their um, concerns. And just listen, like Julie did in the supermarket, to uh, a need that was there. And she was able to offer the word of peace to that lady. It's time for us to pray for the sick. I'd like to just go back to that verse 
that I started with early on from uh, Mary's friend in California. And just revisit that verse and let us uh, meditate on that just one more time. Here's what I've learned through it all. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be entwined as one with the Lord. Be brave and courageous and never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting for he will never disappoint you. Well, let's uh, pray to finish and uh, thank God for this time. Father, I want to thank you for helping to set our convictions on the promises of the word of God. Thank you that we have an objective word of God that we can always hold on to and always offer to someone else. I want to thank you for the opportunity to respond to the impulses of the Holy Spirit. I thank you that we can pray from the authority that you've given us, you've invested in us. I thank you that we can break the power of the spirit that's forcing this COVID uh, spirit, uh, disease right around the world, this virus. We break that spirit in Jesus' name. We believe, Father, that you can restrain that at any moment. And, Father, we just ask for your blessing on people and uh, their health and wholesome uh, healing will come like it has for Scott and bring them back to health. And they will know it was the Lord that um, healed them. We pray that hearts are turned to you today. In Jesus' name I thank you. Amen. Amen. Well, if you've got more testimonies, I'd really encourage you, post them up on the Redemption Hills Facebook group page, its family group page. It's just such a blessing to be able to read those and it cheers our hearts to know that you've had an opportunity to pray for someone and, uh, and bless them. Thanks for listening.